Art Next Door Prepared by Tuche Ela Art Next Door features the independent art scene in Neukölln and Berlin. Free Community-based art Socially engaged artistic practice Artist-led project spaces Collectives Emerging and young artists. News and interviews will be broadcast in Arts Next Door on Keith FM. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much uh, for joining. We are now covering June Art Next Door episode, and in this episode, I'm happy to interview with Ashley Berlin. And we also have Adam with us, who will be presenting his work uh, soon. So first, we will discuss how Ashley Berlin started, and then we will talk about the upcoming project. So Kate and Steph, could you please shortly introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for inviting us. Um, my name is Kate Brown. I'm a writer, editor, and curator, and one of the co-founders of Ashley. Um, I'm Steph Holtrieu. I'm an art-based researcher uh, working on the topics of uh, digital materialism, ecology, and technical aesthetics. Um, I joined Ashley's, uh, or Kate and Lauren, um, and running Ashley at the beginning of 2019. And uh, Lauren is not present here today. She's an artist, um, poet, and independent curator. Um, so maybe I can speak shortly about the foundations of Ashley since I was more or less there for that. Um, it started actually, to be perfectly honest, a month before my arrival to Berlin. Um, it was one of these like classical sort of apartment project spaces um, in Neukölln that was really started in earnest as from with a couple a group of friends who um, wanted to show their community. And I think it was partially because of um, the 48-hour Neukun project, cultural project that was ongoing. And so they had this idea to, you know, like put up an exhibition and then um, there was excitement around it and it kind of just flowed from there. And I think, you know, overall, the project has um, really changed and gone through many manifestations since then. We've moved to like three different spaces in Berlin and explored many different formats and sort of have gained and lost some, um, some team members over time just very naturally, but have always really like strived to stick around um, while maintaining a certain like vitality and, and um, energy for experimentation. And um, I, what I see in what we always saw in Berlin that there is a huge artist community here. Um, and of course, a lot of different projects and a lot of differently scaled projects. And um, we always wanted to present um, artists often without gallery representation to have solo exhibitions where they could really present a body of work that didn't have to feel tied to any imperative to sell it. And I know that's quite self-evident to project spaces, but I was working at a gallery at the time and I really noticed um, how much artists felt this pressure to sort of create work that fit a certain mold. Um, so that was really like always um, the maybe this thread that kind of like has always sort of remained consistent throughout all the years. Um, and yeah, um, so now it's uh, Lauren and Steph and I, and we are located at Ohanian Strasse in Kreuzberg. And most recently, you know, 
the question of funding kind of comes up after a period of time, and we wanted to find a way to maintain sustainability um, without having, again, the imperative to always have exhibitions back to back to back, because I think that this is something that often causes project spaces to sort of self-extinguish naturally because the amount of consistent energy that you need to give to that, which we did for many years, um, just becomes unsustainable as people need to also um, make an income. So we're now um, located at um, Oranienstrasse uh, in Kreuzberg in a space that has always sort of had a history of galleries in it. It was once Mickey Schubert, it was once Orr Gallery, and it really feels like you can feel in the walls that there's just been so many different kinds of projects and so many different sorts of conversations held in this room. Like I, I find it's got quite a magical feeling to it. Um, and we also have artist studios in there as well. It's not nomadic, but it's collapsible. And I think that this has, you know, allowed us to really um, maintain a sort of um, self-preservation when needed, you know, like if there's maybe a some people are going away or people get, um, there's there's lots of work to be done or artists really need their studios. We can we can always be constantly shifting ourselves because the, the we feel very um, malleable in this space. Yeah, and maybe Steph, do you wanna speak a bit about some of the recent projects we've been doing? And um, feel free to add anything to what I just said. <laughs> yeah, especially in this last year, um, we were focusing a lot on sort of curating artists uh, with a sort of like who are working on questions of intimacy and how the private has always been political. Um, so actually we got the structural funding from the Senate for um, last year and this year, um, but then the pandemic hit and it kind of uh, put us to the challenge of having to rethink a format um, within structures which we haven't yet still grown into. Um, but we did find a lot of uh, ways of still um, having a program and also opening up what we always thought was that uh, in a way the space is a productive asset and a resource that we want to share with the community because we had to close the space off to people and um, to sort of encounters within the space we had to think about ways of how we thought about this resource in a different way and that's why at the beginning of uh, last year we also had a um, actually it was a radio uh, sound piece that we produced together with the collective you know entities network called non-silent protest and it was a way of actually using what was happening back then to uh, create a, also a narrative of making sense of what was happening uh, from a from a perspective that was very anchored in the community. And this format was actually based off of a public performance series, which we curated in 2019 as part of the Project Space Festival called Soft um, Politics, where we were um, especially interested in how public space is a site of like polyphonic history and how we can um, anchor ourselves within that landscape without ever creating a sort of um, a sort of only one sort of gaze through which to uh, see ourselves and our situatedness within that space. Um, and 
yeah, so we tried to translate that, uh, that kind of feeling because we couldn't meet outside anymore. Um, and we felt really frustrated and thinking of, uh, yeah, what kind of like value do we provide for the community around us? And so we thought of, uh, we um, created this program on uh, radio, but then also uh, end of last year, we had a sort of screening format, which we sent out as newsletters. And those were by artists um, working mostly with time-based media. So Loretta Fahrenholz, Amber Moss, Lotte Meret, Simon Speiser and Sylvie Kim. And what we did was that we sent uh, these screenings out as newsletters. Uh, and this was titled, I wanted to tell you. Um, and this was a kind of format uh, where we felt uh, like we wanted to have a sort of personal address, but at the same time, we wanted a kind of a way or find a new format to uh, actually also organize a public presentation of a work, but which then could be contextualized. So what we did was we sent these works out by newsletter, but then asked the artist to add a kind of supplement which would contextualize that work again and that was also important for us to not put the uh, artists under pressure to produce new works so a lot of these uh, pieces were uh, older works which they then contextualize within the current situation and so I would maybe now bridge um, over to us inviting Adam also, but I don't know whether uh, you have any other questions. Yeah, do you have any specific questions? Um, I was wondering, actually, when you have this uh, programming in the last couple of years before the corona, how was the decision making take place in a group of curators? Because I see this Okay, I'm just also giving some reference to the previous podcast interviews that there are some artist collectives that they are actually sharing the space and then they have this rotation of uh, programming. Some artists just take over monthly or like they have this different formats, but how as a smaller group of uh, curators and researchers, how was your contextualiz contextualization and creating the structure of a uh, running a project space? Well, before Corona, so I guess I would take us back to 2019, um, it had been sort of changing every every year, really. Um, and I think, Steph, you had joined us in 2019, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, before that, Steph had joined, you know, it was actually not so much of a group as it was Lauren, Yudin and I um, doing most of the having most of the discussions and doing most of the curatorial decisions together. Um, and I think that it had always been our interest to really operate a bit like a community center, but maintain a certain kind of polyphony of voices within that and not become too um, closed off so that it was really just becoming like friends showing friends showing friends like ad, ad nauseum because that can become quite a problem with project spaces you know where like the group ends up getting smaller as opposed to opening wider um so you know quite honestly like working within that kind of awareness of trying to continually open up the community as as we were going um it was really quite intuitive and sometimes would just sort of respond to um 
whatever, like it was so we sort of wanted it to always be kind of uh, cataclysmic in a sense. Um, so like, I remember we had done um, a, a group show that had opened as several solo exhibitions um, over a course of six months. And um, after that experiment, which was really successful and um, some solo exhibitions that had come after that, you know, we had been talking and realized that what was really missing was speaking in our space. Like we hadn't you know, really sat down and like spoken together for a while. So we started um, a project called Studio Sundays and we just had these round table conversations every Sunday where we'd read text together. And after doing that for a while, uh, that sort of naturally kind of manifested into attaching itself onto um, individual artist projects that we'd have. So artists would come and do their solo exhibition and then there would be this sort of pause moment where we would invite in you know 20 to 30 people and sit in a circle together so there was no hierarchy and have a conversation that about a text that was maybe like a resource material for the artist um so I just bring up these examples to say that it was not so much that uh Laura and I were coming from like a certain um curatorial like pedagogy or interest that really like united us but more like through these very like specific conversations that we were as we were evaluating each show or event as it happened and what felt good about it and what felt like it could have been done better that we were sort of um evolving the space and then you know I think what also happened is after what it what has it five five or six years of working mostly like that you know you, you start to really reach reach the boundaries of like your communication and possibilities of what you're both looking at and it was such a brilliant moment to like have been introduced to Steph and to bring someone else into the conversation and really like challenge ourselves and challenge our own ideas and our own ways of communicating and how we were structuring ourselves um especially you know because like we're both expats and that comes with um a certain kind of lack of awareness of like structures in Germany and histories and all kinds of different um, artist communities in Germany, just, you know, from coming from outside and having been rather recently arrived here. So it was really nice to, um, it's been such a pleasure and I feel like the space has really grown and evolved so much since Steph has joined us and, you know, also through the challenges brought on by this pandemic as well. If that answers your question. <laughs> totally. Um, Adam. Could you please shortly introduce yourself? Hi. Hi, uh, my name is Adam Fearn and I am an artist based in Berlin. So the upcoming Ashley Berlin show will be your solo presentation. So uh, could you please tell us what are you planning to show? And maybe Kate, you can also jump in and then you, you two introduce the project. Sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe Kate, uh, you can actually introduce it because in a way the kind of, uh, well, not the fact that they, in a way there was a was kind of a surprise, like uh, for me, what they wanted to show because my normal uh, work is slightly different. You know, it's more installation-based, more research-based. Um, but during the pandemic, uh, I sort of started this kind of uh, practice of of kind of, well, like making portraits of my friends, which I had done before, but it became more a concentrated thing and also a way to spend time with people. And I don't know, there was just something that I was very drawn to about it, which, you know, uh, I think on one level, it's very clear why, that like in this time you would be drawn to kind of uh, examine these like close relationships or represent them in some way. Another way also has elements, I guess I still I still don't know. 
but I wasn't expecting, uh, I wasn't really thinking of it as part of my work in general. And when uh, Kate asked for a, and uh, Kate and Lauren and Steph asked for a studio visit, I you know, actually spent a lot of studio book talking about another project I'd done in the pandemic, which was sort of like a, a video lecture with like three animation, which was about uh, like um, sort of Hasenheide and the cruising there and, you know, different forms of intimacy and kind of relating that to uh, some of the research I've been doing about the nabbies and late 19th century art. And it was kind of really only end of conversation that they kind of mentioned these portraits that they've seen on Instagram and then uh, asked me if I would consider sharing them. And then actually it kind of took me a minute to uh, get my head around it, um, like making them public in that way. But um, there was something very nice about the way that they described their view of them and why they want to show them at this moment. And then um, you know, since then, you know, I, I've been like, really, you know, I'm much more and more into the idea. And I did some new ones for, for the show as well. And um, maybe Kate can say a, a bit from the other side or so. Yeah, I mean, as Steph was saying, um, you know, we had found, uh, we had been doing these projects throughout the, you know, this pandemic year that we've all been sort of existing through um, that were, of course, um, in a reaction to the ways that we could work, um, which was, you know, largely just online. And I think we found some very um, successful solutions to that. And, you know, seeing, experiencing most of my friends' art practice through Instagram, I'm just scrolling and seeing these beautiful touching portraits that Adam had been making of people um, who I know and don't know, but are, you know, in within the Berlin community. And I think what was really particularly touching, and also Steph, please feel free to interrupt me at any point, um, really touching about them was the sort of in situ um, subject um, portrait maker element of them. Like they're all made in Adam's studio, one-to-one um, -one experiences um, with another person. And this sort of element of like time spent together was just something that had been so um, absent from, from all of our lives. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it just felt like what I couldn't have imagined like a more poetic and yet understated um, way to speak about the experiences of the past year than what Adam had been making. And I think what had was really touching about it as well was that he hadn't even particularly thought of them as a body of work yet. Like it had, you know, it, I, I'm something that always draws me to, to artists is these moments of when they seem to just be working almost um, with this sort of urgency that has not yet met language or something. And um, perhaps you would agree, Adam, but we almost like met at this point where you had, were just equal, we were both equally surprised by the emergence of this kind of group of work. <laughs> Steph, would, do you think, would you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, in a sense, it was, uh, we were really excited about inviting Adam because um, for the past year, we have been thinking a lot about um, this idea of the every or everyday practices as a terrain of collective struggle just to loosely quote uh, Silvia Federici but also that uh, what is actually encouraging for us to continue to um, make art to curate and um, to sort of want to face this crisis is not being alone in it and uh, so we were really happy to come back with a sort of physical program this year because we felt that this really um, a sort of a slap in the face of a kind of like art making practice which is just um, directed at a sort of like audience of 
collectors and art fairs and artworks that can sell, as uh, Kate has already said before that, um, or not as a sort of slap in the face, but as a sort of like alternative, because in the end, um, these everyday practices of uh, making art, of um, socially reproducing each other, of spreading warmth, um, is actually what interests us uh, in being part of a community of uh, art practitioners um, with diverse sort of practices. Um, and so, yeah, it was really great to start this conversation and uh, with Adam and also to um, get over this kind of threshold where I guess we were all like, ooh, are we doing this? Aha, yeah, we are actually doing this. And now thinking through ways of like how to be uh, sensitive and like not um, sort of making this too sort of like showy in a way, but then just to be like presenting this as something that is how uh, one copes with the present in a way. Um, and yeah, I don't know, because uh, Adam's practice is sort of like research based. Uh, I kind of feel like maybe it could be nice also to speak about like where you're coming from uh, as a sort of also to show that um, this is just also part of an expression of a diverse set of like tools that you also use and like methodologies. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's interesting that, I mean, I, I stopped painting when I, I, I painted was as a teenager and then like a lot of people I stopped when I went to art school, but there was, it was something I would do now and again as a gift. Um, you know, uh, do like a portrait of a friend and give them for their birthday or something. But I hadn't really done it for a while. But in 2019, I had um, quite a, uh, for me, uh, a big solo show in Ireland. Um, in I guess the equivalent of, of a concert or something. And that show was very specifically about kind of, um, yeah, I mean, also about intimacy in a way, but very much about technology and, um, you know, I was thinking a lot about things like facial mapping and these kind of in places where the body or and intimacy intersect with, uh, you know, surveillance capitalism or however you want to call it. And um, it was a very kind of, I mean, because of the nature of it, it was, it was in a way sort of an abrasive show. It was kind of, uh, everything was aluminium and steel and, uh, and, and then video. Um, kind of based on these kind of uh, airport scanners and things like that. And, um, and then at the center of it was a sort of a video that was kind of based on my research, kind of, uh, it was almost like a text piece actually. And then, you know, that was really interesting. But when I came back from that, I was kind of uh, tired from that. And then like, um, out of nowhere, I just started inviting friends over to the studio and I did sort of these these kind of uh, drawings of them like um, in oil pastel. And I did like five or six and it was kind of nice. Um, and then I got busy again with, with another show or something and uh, it kind of faded in the background. But it, it was kind of interesting now looking back that, uh, and it was because also the project that I was working on sort of officially uh, during the pandemic was again, sort of about um, different technologies of intimacy. I was like thinking about how uh, PrEP and uh, GHB and things had sort of changed in aspects of 
uh, gay sociality, um, as well as like various other technologies like Grindr and stuff, and then looking at uh, Hasan Haider, which really interestingly during the pandemic became this kind of place where people would meet and be intimate, but not quite in like a QAnon way, but uh, or a sort of fair uh, thing, but just um, out of it like a, a real need. And uh, I don't know, so that was sort of one aspect of my research. I'd been making this 3D video, but at the same time, I guess I was like, without really thinking about it, just starting inviting people over again. Um, and now, I don't know, it's sort of, I can see a, a lot of connections, but it's also, I think Steph had it quite right, where it, is, it was so much about the kind of, the practice of it, and the, the time of it. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's not really for me to say uh, what it does or what it means, but just just personally, it was it was such a, such a nice way like um to be in the studio and to be with people and um like on a very simple level i was like happier working there than i had been in a long time and also this was also the period where like everything like everyone like everything i had coming up was sort of really postponed or cancelled and um it was the first time in a long time that i didn't have sort of uh this pressure to 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 produce something or even to and I had really realized that I, you know, like as, as Kate was saying about artists working, you know, in the commercial sector, which I don't, but still, no matter what, there's sort of a, a very specific kind of expectation of you, you really, I realized myself to build specific expectations of what something should be or what something should look like. And like, it was very interesting, like once all that went away that I started doing this, which was something like doing like realistic oil portraits would have been really absurd to me that I would have shown that like, uh, two years ago but yeah not I not anymore and that's why the invitation I think was so interesting and uh Steph or Kate maybe you one of you can uh tell us when the exhibition will open when we'll be the visiting hours and how you actually gonna arrange the schedule of the visitings due to the corona restrictions well, I think we have to wait and see what the corona restrictions will be in, in June. Um, I'm saying that thinking that they'll be better <laughs> or looser. Um, but the show does open in any case uh, on June 25th. Um, so depending on how things are looking, then we would hope to have, um, you know, a, a pre a register people, where people can register or bring negative tests, or maybe we can do like a like a full day opening, as as people had been doing in in October. Uh, sorry, in September. Um, so yeah, that still sort of remains to be seen, but we will, um, as soon as that all becomes clear and is like, you know, a week or two before the show, we'll like post an update about that. Um, the exhibition will be on for until July 12th and um, we'll have viewing hours that can be booked via email, uh, DM on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday but we will uh, update our website and also um, our social media with um, how we will handle slot booking and what the conditions are for visiting under the, the regulations at that time. Yeah, and we hope that it really like, you know, we were supposed to open the show a little bit earlier in May, um, but with this exhibition, like as per everything we've been saying in this conversation, it really felt so important that people come and stand in front of these paintings. I think that, 
nothing feels quite so radical at this time after such a long year of like so much seeing so much digitally interfaced as um standing in front of like a, a work of art so it felt really important to especially these very intimate paintings to really like have people be able to come and see them so you know depending on demand we'll also like be able to like accommodate people outside of those times as well because it's really important to us to yeah have have as many people as possible come and experience Adam's show I mean we've been I've been such a fan of his work for so long and he's also been a long time attendee of Ashley too so yeah is there anything that you would like to add before we wrap up our conversation anything that I missed to ask anything that you want to share no well thank you for your kind invitation to chat and yeah thank you just to thank you yeah. yeah oh actually where the ashley name comes from is there a story behind the title of mm -hmm. the project space oh yeah i can tell that uh shortly in under four minutes <laughs> um yeah the name is uh you know, we were had initially been called by Emma Cherney, Emma Cherney and Mark Stromek, who and Elena Gilbert, who started the space with Lauren. It was named Other Projects. Um, but you know, when Lauren and I kind of took it over from them, just the two of us, I it felt really important to find a name. Well, we were planning on renaming it, but we wanted to find a name that solved this issue that I'd noticed in gallery naming, which was to either and it's an, actually an author's and everything. It's to either have a, have basically masculine or gender neutral names, basically. We wanted to basically lean into this uh, the idea of like the the feminine and that that a name can be female and also be uh, successful and business oriented and very public facing and you know basically just the same as anything else. And um, Ashley is a name a very a very kind of quote unquote girly name in North America that um, has a lot of like strange pop cultural connotations of sort of, you know, being kind of like hyper feminized or something. And so uh, it was sort of like in a it felt kind of like an interesting, like appropriate gesture or like trying to like evolve these kinds of like ideas in an interesting way, if that answers the question. <laughs> Yeah, totally it's interesting i'm always curious how you can just name a project space it has always a yeah story behind it and then actually if you shorten ashley ash is also a male name though so it is actually somehow double gendered name in a way oh, yeah i guess that's true yeah i mean it's also um it's also a very like you know, foreign name. I mean, I remember when we first changed the name, there was like some funny, we had some interesting conversations with, you know, some people from different parts of countries because it just has this very like strong North American um, kind of sensibility to it for some, for whatever the reason is. Um, yeah, it is really interesting, like how much a name kind of brings with it and trying to kind of unpack that. So that was really like the aim. Um, it's nice to be asked because I don't really think about it anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining this conversation. I, I'm very happy to meet you virtually and I hope we meet in person. Yeah, you as well. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. If you like my podcast series, you can support and buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash Tuce. T-U-C-E. See you in the next episode. Bye. Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eren.
Art Next Door is a monthly radio show on Kit FM and a podcast series at Anchor FM.